Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Thursday, January 20th. Coming up on the show today, we do an entire episode on the Tennessee Titans with not one, but two interviews. You will hear from Ben Arthur of the Tennessean covering the Tennessee Titans, of course, on the beat his first year. What has he learned about this team and what does he think about the matchup against the Bengals? And you'll hear from Buck Rising of A to Z Sports and 104.5 The Zone as well, talking, of course, all things Titans and Bengals playoff matchup on Saturday. Make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. If you own a home in Nashville, you know that remodeling and renovations and custom builds are just a part of the business and managing your home's equity and what it does for you financially is critically important not just how it makes you happy and how you live in it make sure you talk to the folks at the kingston group they will manage all of this for you with their award-winning trusted process they've been doing business in nashville for over a decade give them a call buildkg.com is the website that's buildkg.com remember the name the kingston group Let's begin today with Buck Rising from 104.5 The Zone and A to Z Sports. We talked about some second-tier matchups and which players are dealing with the most pressure to win on Saturday. But the thing I want you to listen to closest is how he describes the culture that runs through that Titans organization. He calls it unquantifiable confidence. And he's right, it's why we love sports. And he thinks that is the intangible impact that Derrick Henry has running through that tunnel on Saturday at Nissan Stadium. Buck, welcome to the show, man. Really appreciate it. And I want you to try to describe if Derrick Henry runs out of the tunnel, announced as an offensive starter inside of Nissan Stadium on Saturday against the Bengals. Can you describe, I know emotion is sort of reserved for like the college game. These are professional athletes that don't need motivation, but describe what's going through the players' heads on the sideline when Derrick Henry is announced and that place goes nuts. Uh, It's a whole different kind of energy, right? I mean, we saw the home teams go five and one on wildcard weekend and the kind of juice that you, you know, whether it's generic cliches like momentum or, you know, juice or whatever you want to call it, that gets these guys going, the things that we can't quantify in sports that make sports so much fun. This is going to be one of those incredible moments. I mean, it's almost like a Zodiac sign. It's going to be the 22nd day of January in 2022. It's 22 years, almost to the date that the Titans made their first Super Bowl appearance. That place doesn't have a roof, but if it had one, it would it would blow off. I mean, the not just the players, but you know, the coaches. It's it's just that unquantifiable confidence that is essential for you to understand. All right, go out and handle business. You're not you could do this without Derek, but you're much better with him. Well, we we can look at the matchups and we can say, all right, can the Titans pressure with four without blitzing? That's how you can attack a Joe Burrow offense. We see that. We see that there. We know that Vrabel wants to run the football, obviously, against a, a Bengals defense that's now depleted. Those are sort of the obvious matchups. What are the matchups that people are not talking about that you think are going to be critical on Saturday? You know, I think the loss of Larry Ogunjobi um, and potentially Trey Hendrickson is massive for this Bengals defense. Um, that offensive line is just starting to get healthy. I think that there's going to be a lot of emphasis on running the football, as there always is. But particularly if both of those players are out, uh, Trey Hendrickson ruled out with a concussion against the Raiders on Saturday. So as we sit here taping this on a Tuesday, unclear as to what his availability would be. But honestly, you know, we did we did this topic on the show today about which individual player is under the most pressure. It's crazy for me to not say Randy Bullock. I mean, this is the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a kicker who uh, kicks for a franchise that is much maligned from that standpoint. There is a ton of pressure on that position. I mean, I know that Romo and Nance couldn't stop talking about it during the Dallas Cowboys game. In fact, they felt like they were trying to jinx Greg Zerline for as much talk, for as much talk as Jay Feely had about it's all in his head 
at this point. I think matchups are great, um, but that from a pressure standpoint is big. And honestly, the thing that they've done to mitigate tight ends all year long, which is Dane Crookshank, uh, CJ Uzoma is a stud. He is one of their great skill position players. And Crookshank, when he's been available, has done well to shut down Mike Gusecki and Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. He's been really effective in that role. And it seems like Mike Vrabel thinks that he thrives there. I don't think Cincinnati is capable of doing this, but we saw Baltimore do it last year when everyone was very confident, and that is take away the running game, regardless of who's in the backfield. How confident are you looking at Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow left in the AFC? How confident are you in Ryan Tannehill if the Titans have to get into a situation where they're throwing the ball 45 or 50 times? Well, 45 or 50 times is not an ideal situation. You don't want to play in those kind of games, but you know, I think if it gets that way, then they're either chasing or they've done, they've done something as far as turnovers are concerned. There's extra possessions one way or another. Um, so, you know, without with with Ryan Tannehill, I they can win a championship with Ryan Tannehill. But for me, the most important thing in this game is the protection, because that has been an issue all year long. Joe Burrow is the only quarterback who's been sacked more times than Ryan Tannehill throughout the course of the regular season. If they can keep him upright, I absolutely believe in his abilities as a player to help elevate this team. Up next today, we talked to Ben Arthur of the Tennessean. We, we talk about which position groups will be the most important for both the Bengals and the Titans. What happens to the Titans' defense if they cannot pressure Joe Burrow with their front four? And I also asked him what surprised him the most about this team as a fresh set of eyes coming to the Titans' beat this summer. And he used as great a word as I've heard to describe this team so far resiliency. Oh, and he drops a great stat about the Bengals you will want to hear that I have not heard from anyone else in town yet. Number one position group. Well, I think for, for the Bengals, you have to look at that wide receiver room. I mean, how how, how explosive uh, they are at, at, in terms of the, the pass catchers led by Jamar Chase, who, who broke the rookie record for for receiving yards in terms of the Super Bowl era era and then they have T Higgins another thousand yard receiver and then Tyler Boyd um, who's been a thousand yard receiver in the past and I believe it was 2018 and 2019 over 800 yards this year so over three guys with over 800 yards receiving and with Joe Burrow as accurate as he is uh, who, who led the league in in com- completion percentage him throwing to those guys I mean that's absolutely the the number one position group um, in in my eyes for Cincinnati. And then in terms of Tennessee, I'm looking at their pass rush group, um, that front four. I think that uh, game against the Bengals last year um, was kind of like the epitome of how bad the the pass rush unit was um, (laughs) a year ago, just just 17 sacks on the year. I believe they they didn't uh, get a sack um, in that week eight 2020 game. Um, and, and then obviously over 40 sacks this season, you know, you have Jeff Simmons, 8.5 sacks to Nico Achi, nine sacks, Harold Landry, who I feel is still somewhat underrated. You know, he had 12 sacks. So, so that front four versus that Cincy O-line, which gave up 51 sacks. You know, that's, that's the matchup to, to watch for me. If the Titans can wreck the Bengals game plan and make sure that Burrow can't even get the ball, um, downfield to his playmakers um, who are so great in uh, at yards after the catch situations um, that that's going to be key for, for Tennessee. So on the Cincinnati side, I'm looking at their wide receivers for, for the uh, Titans. I'm looking at that defensive line, that front four. I, I think you're right. Everybody points to that 
ability to get pressure without having a blitz, something the Titans have done extremely well all season. Let's say that I think most of us assume that that's going to happen, that they're going to be able to do that, but let's say it doesn't happen. And now you've got to cover all those, those weapons you just talked about with sort of less guys, right? You can't drop seven. What happens then? What, what do the Titans personnel and, and scheme look like against the Cincinnati team where they maybe they're not able to get pressure. Maybe Burrow's just getting the ball out that fast. Yeah, and, and see, Braden, I, I think that maybe goes back to the Titans' offense, right? If they can keep the ball out of Burrow's hands, right? Like, we, we know the Titans want to run the ball. We know that's their identity. We know what Foreman has done. We know what, what Derrick Henry expected back. Um, if they can eat up clock, right, that they've been number two in time of possession, that um, they're number two in time of possession during the season, um, if they can continue to kind of, um, kind of win that battle in the trenches, um, so to speak, keep the ball um, out of Burrow's hands, kind of milk the clock, um, making sure that Burrow doesn't, when he does get on the field, he doesn't have a, a ton of time. I think that's going to be a, a really key, a really big key because, it, you, you know, you look at how much this Titans defense has improved just across the board from, from last year. I mean, the, their past defense is still, uh, it's probably one of the inconsistent areas, so to speak, right? When they aren't getting pressure, that they are still susceptible to some of those chunk yards, um, it, those chunk plays in, in in the passing game. We saw what Houston did in in week 18, that them trailing 21 nothing, I should say, and then making it a game all of a sudden, um, you know, just with Dami Amendola just cooking and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, from, from the Titans' perspective, you, you do whatever you can on the back end if if you aren't able to get that pressure up front and you do have to blitz with, with less guys in coverage. But I think it all kind of goes back to how the Titans are able to, to kind of run the ball and, and you know, kind of milk the clock to, to their advantage. I think um, that's, you know, something to watch for. This was your first year covering the team, and you kind of come into it with a set of fresh eyes from training camp all the way until now. What, what have you learned about this Titans organization, culturally, identity, philosophy, whatever cliche you want to use? What, what have you learned about this team that maybe you didn't expect when you got onto the beat? Um, I would say maybe the, the resiliency. Yeah, the, just they're, they're never out of a game. And, you know, the, the comebacks, you know, I, I think of the that week two game in Seattle where kind of a lot of people thought that game was over and, you know, they're down, what, two, three scores and the, and the Titans are still able to run the ball, first of all, uh, because they, they had Derek in the backfield and they're just able to kind of come back and, and win that one. That there are so many examples this season. And, and then just you just look at all the injuries, um, 91 players. Um, used on, on on the active roster and NFL record um, excluding strike seasons um, and then still still fielding guys who, who are ready to play guys coming off the street guys on the practice squad it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter who's wearing a Titans uniform you know this Titans team is going to compete compete and if they are down in a game you know that they're never out um, and so I think that's probably been the most impressive thing to me, because coming in, I did know the Titans were a good team, right? We know kind of what what their the, the resume kind of spoke for itself, what, what John Robinson and Mike Vrabel had done, kind of changing the culture of the Titans. But I think kind of watching them game in and game out, seeing how resilient that group has been, despite having kind of historically difficult challenges to overcome, so, so to speak. Um, whether it was injuries or, or whether um, it, it had to, it was coming back in a game. I think that's been the biggest thing that's has stood out to me. 
The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. They've been in business for over a decade in Nashville because they are excellent at what they do. Period. End of discussion. That's all you should need to know. Just reach out and have a conversation with them. They will help you with whatever it is you need with your home. Whether you use them or not, they will be of benefit to you. Make sure you talk to the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com, the Kingston Group. Thank you guys all for listening. Make sure you check out all the other great stuff across the network, all the great podcasts from Broadway Sports Media. All the guys covering the Titans are doing phenomenal work, both on the podcast, on the socials, on the internet. So make sure you're checking all that stuff out. You got the YouTube page, you got the Twitter account, the Instagram account. Check out all that stuff as well. My name is Braden Gall at Braden Gall on Twitter. Again, thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, January 20th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.